0: This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu attaqullaha waqoolu qawlan sadeeda yusrih lakum ma'amalakum mayaghfil lakum dhunubakum wa mayyuti'illaha wa rasoolahu faqad faaza fawzan amma ba'du fa inna astaqal harithi kitabullahi ta'ala wa khayral haddi hadju muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Ordinarily, this time of the year, hundreds of thousands of Muslims from across the world will be converging upon the cities of Mecca and Medina for the annual Hajj. But this year, in this unprecedented time and situation in which we live, this year's Hajj will also be markedly different from every other Hajj that we've experienced. Just like Ramadan was different. But one of the things that we've learned and one of the lessons that we learn, and we continue to learn, in the way that we gather today to pray this Salat al-Jumu'ah, in the way that we are surely, but slowly, coming back to a sense of normality, is that our religion has built within it a sense of resilience. That is from the beauty of the Sharia. If you can't make wudu, you make tiyambum. If you can't pray standing, you pray sitting. If you can't stand shoulder to shoulder as you would normally do in the congregational prayer, you stand apart. And if you have to break the fast for a valid reason, you can do so. That is the beauty of our religion. And from that beauty is that it teaches us that we as Muslims, therefore, should also have a sense of resilience in our iman, in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in our taqwa of Allah azza wa jal, The Muslim is the one who builds within their iman a sense of resilience so that when times and opportunities come and they are different from what they are accustomed to, they know how to respond and they know how to navigate through those circumstances. And we are fast approaching one of those seasons of this religion. One of those seasons that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to it extra virtue and reward. And a season that many of us often neglect even though if we were to look at the Lives of the companions, radiyallahu anhum, and the example of the salaf, Alihim rahmatullah, it was a period of time that they would give a great deal of attention and importance to. And those days are the first 10 days of the month of Dhul-Hijjah, which will be starting in a few days, ta'ala. This is a period of time about which the Prophet said, Sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as is mentioned in the hadith in Al-Bukhari, where Abdullah ibn Abbas, radiyallahu مَا مِنْ Al الْعَمَلُ الصَّالِحُ فِيهَا أَحَبُّ إِلَى اللَّهُ مِنْ هَذِهِ There is not a single period of time, the days of which are more beloved, beloved to Allah in terms of righteous deeds, than these 10 days of Dhul-Hijjah, which is why it was the opinion of a number of the scholars of Islam, that the first 10 days of Dhul-Hijjah are the best days of the year, even better than the days of Ramadan. The nights of Ramadan and the last 10 nights are the best nights of the year. But in terms of the daylight hours, then it is this these 10 days of the month of Dhul-Hijjah. And Allah Azza wa Jal takes an oath by them in the opinion of many of the scholars with tafsir, When he says, Wal in Ashar, By the Fajr, by the dawn, and by the 10 nights. Many of the scholars said that it is referring to those 10 nights of Dhul-Hijjah, the first 10 days of Dhul-Hijjah. And that's why it was the practice of the Salaf, عليهم, that they would place a great deal of importance. Just as we prepare for Ramadan, and when Ramadan comes, we want to hit the ground running, And when Ramadan approaches, we want to spend our time and as much of it as possible in du'a, in charity, in Qur'an, in prayer, in fasting. Then likewise the first 10 days of Dhul-Hijjah. Mujahid, rahimahullah, the student of Ibn Abbas, Muhammad ibn Sirin, alayhi rahmatullah, many of the salaf, were of the opinion that you fast these 10 days. And they would fast them up until the 9th of Dhul-Hijjah. And they would spend those days in worship of Allah Azzawajal. Sa'id ibn Jubayr, rahimahullah ta'ala, said that I don't like that anyone should see these 10 days of the Hijjah. And they don't expend all of their efforts, just as you would for the last 10 nights of Ramadan, when you take time off work. And many of us are off work anyway. And when you spend that extra time and effort, and you spend those nights awake in worship, Sa'id ibn Jubayr, one of the famous scholars of the Salaf, said from the Tabi'een, the senior Tabi'een, he said, rahimahullah ta'ala, these are nights that your candles should not be extinguished during the nights. Meaning the light should stay on, you should spend them in the worship of Allah Azza wa Jal. In one of the narrations in the Muslim of Imam Ahmad, in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhumah, about which there is a difference of opinion over its authenticity, there is an addition to the hadith of the 10 days being the best days of action, in which the Prophet said, وسلم, or is reported to have said, wa tahmidi wa So increasing these days in saying, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, of making takbir and glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is reported that Abu Huraira radiyallahu anha and Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhumah, in their lifetime, in these 10 days of the hijjah they would come out to the marketplace of Medina, and they would walk through not to buy or to sell, but to make the takbir out loud. So when they would do so, the people would hear them, and they would repeat the takbir until the whole marketplace of Medina would be reverberating with the takbir from those two companions, radiyallahu anhuma and so this was the practice of the Salaf alayhum rahmatullah. Shows you that we have an amazing opportunity that is coming in front of before us. And even though many of us may not be back to our normal routine, we may not be praying the way that we would normally pray in jama'ah, in congregation. The Jum'ah prayer is not as we are normally accustomed to in many different ways and different aspects. Allah azza wa jal has given us this sense of resilience that if you were to take hold of this opportunity and to benefit from it, there is a great deal of reward. That is, within these first ten days of the hijjah As ask Allah Azza wa that He gives us the ability to take full advantage of them. Barakallahu liwalakum fi fil qur'an wa-sunnah, wa nafani wa-yakum bima feehima min ayati wa hikmah a-kuul hadha wa-astaghfirullaha liwalakum, wa-li-jami'i al min kulli dhambin, fa innahu kaana ghaffara. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa sallallahu wa sallam, wa baraka ala khairi khalqillahu wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa ala sallama tasliman kathira, amma ba'd. There is a hadith that is collected in the Sunan Abu Dawood and al-Nasa'i of Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiyallahu An that shows that one of the greatest aspects of worship, as we all know, is not just necessarily the physical aspect of the worship, but the spiritual aspect of that worship, the iman that we have within our hearts. And when you have resilience within that iman, it doesn't bother you that in Ramadan you couldn't have come to pray tarawih in the masjid. You couldn't make iftar in the masjid with the fellow Muslims. You couldn't pray eid together. The Muslim will find a way, will find a way in which they will be able to use their circumstances and make them better. Imam Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala when he was placed in prison, he would often say that I can't thank Allah azzawajal for his many blessings that he has bestowed upon me because he used that time To worship Allah, to seclude himself in worship, to write. And many of the works that he compiled were written whilst he was in prison. From the famous scholars and narrators of hadith is a scholar by the name of Iraq ibn Malik, Rahimahullah, a famous scholar and narrator of hadith. If you were to read the Asani, the chains of narration, you will find his name occurring many times. Iraq ibn Malik had a problem with the governor and the Khalifa of his time. So he was exiled far away. And he was taken to a land and a place where they would exile the criminals. That was how they used to deal with their criminals. They would exile them to a far-off distant land in the Muslim empire. Iraq was a scholar of Islam. Iraq was a narrator of hadith. Iraq was a man of piety and knowledge. But because of some personal issue, he was also exiled. Iraq went there and he didn't think, I'm in, a middle, in the middle of a land full of criminals and people who do evil. He used that opportunity to teach those people. And many of them became students of knowledge, and they would say, His students, who were former criminals, may Allah Azza wa have mercy upon the Khalifa, that He sent us Iraq, and we learnt our religion from Him. Rahimahullah ta'ala. And that is the beauty of our religion, as is mentioned in this hadith of Mu'adh, that He said, that the Prophet took me by my, hand, by my hand, and He said to me, Mu'adh, Wallahi inni uhibbuk Wallahi inni uhibbuk, By Allah, I love you, by Allah, I love you. فَلَا تَدَعَنَّا فِي دُبُرِ كُلِّ تَقُولٍ So do not stop or do not forget to say at the end of every prayer, اللَّهُمَّ oh Allah, help me to remember you, be grateful to you and worship you in the best possible way. May Allah جل, that He makes these times easy for us. And that Allah Azza wa bestows and showers His blessings and mercy and forgiveness upon us. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes us from strength to strength, and He keeps us and our families and our loved ones safe. May Allah Azza wa that He lifts from us this virus. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes our issues and our affairs easy for us.